history, but instead, we can we can try to pop a Thanksgiving no, we're joke gonna, in here. We're, no, we're just going to make this one a Thanksgiving episode. A Thanksgiving episode? Yeah, we're going to make this. This was all oh, going to be... We're going to do a Thanksgiving arc? Yeah. Throughout? Okay, yeah. I'm down. We have yeah. to link it somehow. We have to make the life of James Pearson Beckworth about thanksgiving All yeah right. no i've i've definitely um it's just one thing you gotta know about me and uh i will i will get my agenda across at all times that's one thing everybody every, mm-hmm. everybody's ever had a conversation with me they say they go hey i didn't i didn't really i didn't really enjoy the conversation but <laughs> i did get a clear meaning and 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 a clear but a theme gotta, was a theme was conveyed you had a perspective right? I learned something. Yes. Uh-huh. All yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a narrative that was driven home. Whole art throughout this. Throughout, throughout this. Yeah. Throughout. Right on, man. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. excited. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, let's go. Let's do it. Some some people might be wondering, like, okay, you guys are saying you're doing this whole frontier package into the West. How come it took three episodes to get there? And to those people, I would like to say it's a little something called setting the stage. Okay. Okay. Well, if you look at all of the ones that we've done, Sacagawea is in the West, so fuck you. But also, yeah. Tecumseh is in the old Northwest. The old West. The, the first old Northwestern, West. yeah. Northwestern Territory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fuck you. And mm-hmm. then, the really, the, the story of the Trail of Tears and the story of the Indian, of Indian removal is the story of a lot of the, of the population of Oklahoma. Yep. Which is the West. Which is the West. So, so fuck, fuck off, dude. We've done like, it. Don't ever right. question me. Geez. But now we're at the Mississippi, yeah. right? As yeah. far as like the overarching narrative, we're at the Mississippi. Uh-huh. Now we are foraying past the Mississippi mm-hmm. through the eyes of James Pearson Beckworth, who was born, born on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Born on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Uh, no, actually born April 26th. He says 1798. The this other author Eleanor Wilson says 1800. I'm going with 1800 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So on the okay. East Coast, her father was this Irish dude named Jennings Beckwith, who owned slaves and also served in the Revolution with Anthony Wayne. His okay. mother was an enslaved person, but she did live openly as Jennings' wife in St. Louis when they moved there in 1805. Slash. 1806 and so this is where beckworth james the guy we're talking about james jim he grows up in st louis and he mentions that he like he was uh he was carrying i think some flour to this mill one day yeah and he comes across this family of of like white people his neighbors who have just been like mutilated and tomahawked and their scalps have been taken and everything and the author of this book who like went through everything that he talked about in his own autobiography and kind of put a a more coherent timeline to it said that maybe he saw some marauding during the war of 1812 because they're in St. Louis and the, like the Potawatomi's are in sock and foxes are in, in Illinois and they're kind of following step with 10 squad one Tecumseh. So, you know, cause he does say that we're in the frontier and there's raiding going on. So maybe he saw some shit when that was going on. I mean, honestly, this kind of tracks with like how St. Louis is today. You might just see some some mild mutilation. You might just see some shit. You know? St. Louis is a very violent town. <laughs> very I violent town. Been, I, yeah, I no, it's a, it under that around. guise of like Cardinals baseball and and and, and hockey and then the Blues and all that stuff is mm-hmm. a violent middle of America. <laughs> 
town full of <laughs> okay. hatred and anger, and mostly because they live in St. Louis. I would be mad if yeah. I lived in St. Louis. As, it's yeah. all because all because the Rams moved to L.A. You got the arches. What else? I can't name. I can actually actually name a few things that you got. Other than the I mean, look, it, no, I've, I lived in Missouri for a couple of years. I know a lot about St. Louis. Shout out to the Lou. It's very, it's very, it's very angry, very violent town. Very angry a lot of beautiful town. people, not nice people. Very uh-huh. violent. Angry town. <laughs> very, okay, right on. And so November 3rd of 1824, this is when James Beckworth, now aged 24 or 26, I'm going with 24. This is when he enrolls in the Rocky Mountain Fur Company, led by this guy, General William Ashley. In that same year, he's manumitted by his father and then two two times subsequently. And so for a while, he's just like doing mountain man shit. You know what I mean? He's like wrangling up horses and trapping furs and just living off the land like real real man shit you know Uh out there with the rifle like i am not growing crops i am just killing animals and i'm plucking their fucking feathers out and i'm roasting them over an open fire and i'm eating that shit up i did that that's how you actually how you live in st louis that's how you do it in st louis you just you just it's just mostly mountain man shit with no that's why it's so violent there because it's a doggy dog (laughs) doggy dog town st Uh louis no yeah yeah no yeah doing it he's in it you know just like when you have like this type of man mountain man shit in the past of america and then like you just see like how we live (laughs) you look at us yeah like we we got a podcast and they're just like i killed and skinned the bear alive it's like i know a lot about indian removal (laughs) I, w- I went on a I went on a twenty minute jog the other time and I yeah. feel like shit. All I feel right? look. I've been jogging. I feel good. You need, you need to stop. You stop. You need to eat more vitamin D. More vitamin D. More. See, I don't really know what the vitamins are. Is that, is that orange juice? I don't know. So Ashley's yes. Yeah, right on. Okay. I drink plenty of it with my tequila. No. Um, General William Ashley. He's going. <laughs> he's marching along the South Platte river which i think is through like nebraska into colorado and then up to the northern northern branch of the platte river and then to the green river uh you know the you know that ccr song the green river no 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 the one just one no, it's the no, one no, where they go no, like i don't know it i'm gonna nope. uh, okay okay all right we did it all right, we're talking like we're talking like Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah. You know where... that wah that you did solved nothing for anybody. Wah. It did nothing. For do, 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 did do, nothing. Do. Nobody knows what you're talking do, about. Do, do. I think they're stopped. I'm hoping somebody knows nobody what knows. I'm talking about. Nobody Green River cuts about. through Wyoming and Utah, and then 1824 to 1828, it's just more mountain man shit. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's out there trapping beavers to make the funny little hats and just living off the land, and he's kind of like popping around between different parties you trapping trapping beaver sounds like sex in the early 2000s doesn't it doesn't it just sounds like (laughs) if you're just trapping for beavers you mean you're just thirst trapping you know you remember when guys used to wear chains and like uh there's that book about the game there's a lot of books about yeah about the game like how how to get women by negging them how to get women how to to psychologically gaslight them for a number of years you'll always have one of them yeah Uh, all right Mm. that's what that whole subgenre of trapping beaver (laughs) trapping for beavers i mean trapping beeves all right so (laughs) nasty 
Their After brief... 9-11, America was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, you know, wow. We uh, lost wow. all sense of purpose. Yeah. So there, he's kind of like, uh, there are brief skirmishes that would happen with the natives and like they would steal their horses sometimes. And so they would have to go like wrangle up nor- new horses and stuff. Another really unique thing that was going on while he was a mountain man are called the rendezvous, which only occurred from 1825 to 1840. And this is when a whole bunch of native camps and trappers would get together and just trade and hang out and swap mm-hmm. stories and just fucking chill, you know, and yeah. have a good time probably along a river or just in the middle, usually in summer, I'm pretty sure is, is okay. when they occurred. Okay. And they just don't, they just don't do it like a, like a, I want to say it would be like a music festival mm-hmm. only with no bands, you but you know, you're no just bands? there and everybody's, everybody's, Everybody's having a good time, I guess. No, what, what always happens whenever you have a good time is like somebody brings their friends and their friends are so chill. Uh-huh. And by and then in this case, it was the white people brought more white people. And those yeah. white people weren't chill. Like they weren't, they just weren't chill. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah, weren't chill. Get, They're like, oh, talking about money, you. like trying yeah. to chill a forex. Your sketchy you know friends. You get over the your, your sketchy friends who want yeah. you to get what what is a forex? Forex? Mm-hmm. Those dudes like yo for uh oh, was like uh it's like uh, where you trade mon- uh trade dollars or foreign ex- foreign currency where you trade foreign oh. currency oh you buy it on the dips and it's you know stock market okay. shit right. but for like yeah I'm trying to get those carbon credits those offset credits I just learned about those so I'm trying to wow share my knowledge offset credits wow you know okay about that? yeah yeah I was I don't uh, know much about it I just know they exist and other people know know about it <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> 1828 there's this rendezvous they're rendezvousing uh, beckworth and his party and you know the rocky mountain fur company they are rendezvousing with the snake natives and the crow natives on the green river and it's a pretty large camp it's like six to seven thousand people are all there just hanging out having a good mm-hmm. time and the crows are impressed with the amount of Blackfeet scalps. This is according to Beckworth, the amount of Blackfeet scalps that the uh, the traders have. And so they're inquiring what happened. And there's this guy, Caleb Greenwood, who was translating, and he just gets tired, basically, of answering all these questions. And they're basically asking, like, why is why do you guys have so many, so many Blackfeet scalps? And Caleb Greenwood says, it's because Beckworth is a crow warrior. That's why he has so many scalps because he's such a good warrior because he's a crow, right? And he was actually carried away by the Cheyenne natives many winters ago who then sold him to the whites. But he's actually a crow. Uh And the crows believe Caleb Greenwood because they don't know that like white people have forked tongues quite yet, you know? So they they go back to their village and they basically tell what happened. And it's just like, hey, there's there's a crow. There's one of us living amongst the traders. That's pretty cool. We mm-hmm. should get him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So early 1829, Beckworth assembles a party to go trap and trade among the crows. And he's joined by Captain James Bridger, a.k.a. Jim Bridger, a.k.a. Old Gabe. And he's like another really famous mountain man. He's going up the, the Powder River to the Yellowstone. So like mm-hmm. Montana area. And Beckworth yeah. and Bridger get separated and Beckworth is captured by the crow and taken into their camp. And he's like examined by a committee of, of other Cheyenne who like verify 
that it is it is him who was taken so long ago and he's yeah. taken to the lodge of his new adopted father this guy named big bowl and this is the beginning of his life among the crow where he would be renamed the morning star aka the antelope okay yeah man sometimes when people lie it creates a false expectation like mm-hmm. one time this girl said hey you know josh Josh is just telling people Josh is good at sex. That created mm. a false expectation. Yeah. That then, that then relate, then later, you know, created a feedback loop. Feedback. I'm tired. I get tired easy. That's who I, <laughs> I get tired. More, 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 more ladies want to know, want to experience guy. this. I'm and a then very I'll, sleepy guy and I get I've, very I've, tired. Yeah, very quick. I've, okay. Right on, man. We've all got our, we've all got our shit, you know? Yeah. 1829 through 18. 36 this is when beckworth is living amongst the crows the crow is not actually like the the correct term according to the natives themselves they would probably go by absaroki according to beckworth or absaroka if it's you know once it's been anglicanized it translates into children of the large beaked bird so their the territory crow. so the children of the crow the crow yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like. so the territory is in north wyoming and south montana and Here's the the biggest bone of contention with Beckworth's story, especially as he wrote it in his autobiography. Wait, is that he, the the large big bird that might be the that mean the children of the pelican, the children of the pelican. Yeah, the ones with yeah. That's to be a lot <laughs> less. Doesn't have frightening. quite the same yeah, ring yeah. to it. You know yeah. what I mean? The yeah. the children of the swallow. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, all right. Not even near a body of water. You know? No, no. The whole thing that they're talking about or the whole problem that a lot of some historians have with Beckworth's narrative, because he did like probably fudge some figures for sure, is that he claimed that he was a chief amongst the crow. And to be considered a war chief by the crow, you had to take first coup, which okay. is where you struck an enemy first. Not even you didn't even have to kill him. You just struck him first. You have to lead a successful raid. You have to steal horses from an enemy or steal a weapon or bow from an enemy in combat. And -hmm. with the amount of raids and battles and horse stealing expeditions that went on between the different tribes, particularly like crows v. Blackfeet, Blackfeet were their primary enemies. It would be impossible that he did not do one of those four things, if not all of them. So he was definitely a chief. Okay. That we can establish, I think we can establish beyond reasonable doubt. Okay. Just getting into because that we're, does like, sound, talking, all those things do sound like a task on Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow! Shout out to that show on CBS we all used to watch that doesn't exist anymore. I never watched the Amazing Race. It's a great show, great show, great, great heard, reality TV, great I've early heard. reality TV. One of the coolest customs that I think they had is that the the father of the son who took first coup would have to distribute all of his property amongst the rest of the tribe. And that was considered like an, an honor, you know, yeah. is that your son would take first coup. And then you as the father had to give up like all of your horses to everyone else. And so there was kind of like, an, but I guess like you almost have a market of horses going on to where it's like more fluid and whatnot as you've got like, okay, well, my son just took first coup, so I have to give up all of my horses. But then the next time, unless your son's like a really good warrior, then somebody else will be giving their horses up to you. But if your son's the best warrior, what are you, what are you supposed to do? You know, you're just like, why, why do you want? You, listen, we got to talk, son. You're going to bankrupt me. No, I think it's more. Taking first coup. All right. I think it's you more just stop. 
the other way around. It's like you're just like, oh, we did a first coup, we first coup, and then like no, but they, they don't go to war for three years. And you're just like, wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up, everybody. Here. No people attacking anybody. Why is it anybody else? Why why is it anybody in this tribe more warlike? Uh-huh. Your son's been. 25 years old he's never fucking one on he's never taken a fucking first coup before how come i who used to be the richest man in the tribe two thousand plus horses and then we just my son takes first coup and we decide to stop going to war anymore also we're peaceful peaceful place that's bullshit all right i we got to change this their method of grieving for a a unsuccessful raid beckward describes it to where a lot of because like natives put a very high premium on each casualty of like, you know, I don't really know how to put it into words, but like the, the whites looked at war in a different way of, it was almost like attrition and these men are going to die under me. And they fully expect that. Whereas natives, if you lost like two or three people, you're no matter how many scalps you took, your raid was considered a failure because you lost, you yeah. lost three guys, you know? Yeah. And so the method of grieving is you cut off your fingertip or a whole finger and there's like other forms of self mutilation that would take place amongst the the crow and I think the Lakota as well. They would like cut their hair and just like wail throughout the camp for I think a day or two or sometimes more. Other times they would kill the fallen soldier's favorite horse and bury him with the the soldier. And while with the crow, uh, James Beckworth, he takes like seven different wives yeah. as per their customs, because that's that's what the, the crow did. And that's what like a lot of natives did. And I guess when in Rome. And one thing that's like a little blotch on his reputation is he describes in his autobiography that he takes his quote unquote little wife. However, the thing that Eleanor Wilson points out is that he placed like his little wife was basically he was kind of like, I don't know. Like you're young, but she keeps on like pestering him to be his wife. And he's like, okay. But he places her in the care of one of his married sisters for several years before consummating the the marriage. And there's this whole thing about like his little wife wanted to enter the medicine lodge and like an unchaste woman could not enter the medicine lodge. And she doesn't join the medicine lodge until like many years after. So I I wasn't going to sweep it under. I wanted to mention it, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, wasn't Ed, Edgar Allan Poe. So, you know, he wasn't like Edgar Allan Poe. He wasn't, Allen Poe. Allen Poe was he wasn't like doing that shit. Yeah. Out here writing, writing great novels and stuff, mm-hmm. but also stories and stuff, but also fucking children. Yeah, just I mean, <laughs> one child in particular. One, yeah, in yeah. particular. That he we had a weird thing to where he might have been a little more like he might have just been like scared of sex, but that also might be just the yeah. No, that's how you said you want to feel, dog. Let go. Let go of your heroes. <laughs> Let go. Another thing that's kind of cool is he mentions this woman warrior in amongst the crow named Bar Chiampe translates into pine leaf. And she's a female native warrior whose like brother was killed. And she vows never to take a husband until she had taken 100 scalps and Beckworth goes and raids with her a whole bunch. He also has a son born to him from one of his wives whom he names black Panther, okay. which I thought, I thought was kind of cool. Here's the thing. I, I just because of like the Black Panthers and then also the subsequent movie, the comic book in the movie, well the movie, the comic book before the Black Panthers, the, the organization, and then the movie. I feel like now in history, anytime like we're all finding little Black Panthers everywhere, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. oh like yeah no, I, I think it's a you know just just the air of the name. You know? We're all we're all looking for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it seems to be a name that just keep popping up. 
it keeps it there maybe there's something to maybe like the spirit is embodied somehow i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say but i think it like manifests it continuously when it continuously manifests so many times is it that we're all looking for a pattern or that there's some like some x-file shit no uh, i mean i think there's you know? i think we're just not we're just not paying attention to the guy named black tiger like all right, uh, mm, all right. <laughs> like, would have right. been a lot cooler if it was black <laughs> panther bro yeah, come on what are you what are you, doing? <laughs> what are you doing another a cool story that he mentions in his uh his life and adventures is he he's like sets out with a party of 40 men to go take black feet scalps and another chief named arapuash rushes up to him and basically gives his complaints about the crow nation he's like i think we're weak i think we could be a lot stronger they the crow people don't listen and so arapu ash he like charges into the black feet and as he's dying he takes a few scalps and then he but he gets slain and as he's dying he calls over bloody arm aka beckworth and tells him that he is the only brave chief who can keep the nation together and as tokens of Arapu Ash's esteem for James Beckworth, he gives he gives him a shield and a token. And about the token, he says, the medal was brought from our great white father many winters ago by the red-haired chief, a.k.a. William Clark. Yeah. So he mentioned those tokens that was given to everybody. Arapu Ash has one, and he gives it to Beckworth. Okay. One thing that he does while chief Beckworth is he's in the employ with the American Fur Company. And so according to him in his life and adventures, he's telling the natives in council, he's like, all right, I am your great chief. Uh, and my medicine is really telling me that we shouldn't be warring as much. What we should be doing is trapping, okay. trapping beavers and getting buffalo hides and selling all of those to the American Fur Company. Huh? That's what the great spirit wants us to do he wants us to make some money that's a classic some american americans wherever we go dog we don't see we don't see people we just see profit <laughs> we just i just see, i just we look just at see opportunity like, you know it's like wait they're like man look at our beautiful tribe I'm like damn but look at all these beavers around here look at all these be there's too many beavers running yeah. around here if you ask me we gotta we gotta thin the herd a little bit huh what do you just making cash think? just making like just forex there's like we gotta do forex. Uh -huh. We gotta really get into Bitcoin. That's just what I feel. Yeah. Like. <laughs> what the Great Spirit really needs from us, yeah, is some online trading. What's right? really need is do you have has, has the Great Spirit came to me and told me about this thing called Ethereum and Litecoin. And Ethereum, mm. and we need to we need to get in that carbon market mm. and start start doing some doing some swaps. All right, look look. Yeah, they're probably not called swaps. I don't. I don't think you hear Wall Street brokers talk a lot about swaps. Yeah, I mean, they're called. They're, I think they call just call them trades. Trades, sales, swaps. but this buying stuff like sales and <laughs> buys. I don't know. Like, but they, yeah. Oh, my favorite thing about Wall Street dudes is are like traders. Is they call their their like their organization. They call it their shop. Huh. Yeah, welcome to my shop. This is my shop, guys. So this is at my shop. We just kind of we're just real loosey goosey. We like to have a happy hour, but this is like. These are my shop. You know, me and my bros is our shop because they just want to pretend like shop. this is their fucking little corner store that they fucking sell. little little labs. <laughs> yeah, little laptop, yeah. little laptop at a desk. We made thirty five million dollars here last night. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can call it whatever the fuck yeah. you want when you're making that kind of money. Making that like kind of whatever. bread. 
And Beckworth says about the natives that most of their problems come from the theft of horses, which Beckworth calls, quote unquote, their only branch of wealth. And crows are like very wealthy in horses when it comes to other tribes. He also explains that the existence of the buffalo, this should come as no surprise, is absolutely vital to the existence of the native. And like mm -hmm. the hide and pelt trade is very harmful to the natives because it gives them incentive to kill beyond their means, right? Yeah. He also says that the natives, they view the buffalo as like a divine gift, is that the great spirit, when he was forming the world and forming people, gave us the buffalo mm -hmm. for us to hunt. And so it doesn't matter if we have them corralled off in little fences or anything like that. If they're just roaming free, they're still our buffalo because that's what that's what our mythos implies okay. and so whenever like a white person would kill a buffalo that he just saw running around like nobody owned it yeah it was like no 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 it that was ours no. it's always been ours yeah. all right and so that's why they would like seek reprisals by like stealing horses or cattle it's like well you killed my buffalo so obviously i'm gonna steal your fucking ox you know yeah so summer of 1836, Beckworth has been with the crow for about seven years now. And he starts to reflect. He's like, I've got no career. I've got no job. All of my friends have retired and are like fat cats living large and just having $10,000 blowouts and can afford to do so. And what am I doing? Man, like, at this time, a hundred. What have I been doing all this, all this time? It wouldn't be $10,000. $10,000 is like. $10 shit. Oh, this, this <laughs> Buffalo trade was crazy. Maybe okay. not, but like a thousand dollar nights. I could picture a thousand hundred dollar nights. Hey man, a prostitute at this time. is like $25, like, it's like 10 cents. Yeah, probably $100, <laughs> it's like $100 25 cents. But that's still like, <laughs> that's like a thousand dollar nights in our time, you know? And he's like, a bottle of whiskey is like $3. Bottle of whiskey, three dollars. Yeah, it's like a, a but I, I don't, I don't know. Look, I've been watching a lot of westerns, and a bottle of whiskey is like maybe five. I don't know about five in the 1830s. I'm thinking maybe two, two dollars. Two, yeah, two. Because like a, like a, like a, a, I think a buffalo pelt or a, a beaver fucking hat was like eight dollars, or you could get like eight dollars a pelt in the 1820s. And so it would have to be like it would have to be that high high shelf shit if if you're spending eight dollars on uh, whiskey. But so he decides to go back and visit st louis and so fall of 1836 he like leaves the crow for the first time sails down the yellowstone then down the missouri river arrives home at st louis and sees his sisters but like his father's dead and his brothers are scattered throughout the states and he doesn't have a whole lot of reason to stay yeah and then late march of 1837 he receives a letter from fort cass in eastern montana that there's unrest amongst the crows because some trappers have told them that beckworth their great esteemed chief is dead. And so he's got to rush back because the yeah. crows are about to go on a retaliatory raid. April or May of 1837, Beckworth arrives at Fort Cass and he's pissed off at the crows because he's like, I said I would come back. Yeah. I told you that I wasn't going to be killed by the white man mm -hmm. and you wouldn't believe them, but they're liars, right? Yeah. And so as part of his return, Pineleaf, the, the woman warrior, renounces her warrior ways to the tribe and says she will now marry James Beckworth, which James, James Beckworth had been like seeking her out, you know, because this is, this is that, this is, this is the unattainable, you know, 
And the more the more you act like, oh, you know, you're never going to the more it seems inaccessible, the more you want it. You know what I mean? Um, no, I don't have, I don't have, no? I, don't, I don't have no resentment against my mother. No, you've, you've never seen a rom-com. No, no. I mean, I don't have no resentment against, you know, my family or, or the way I was, I was raised up. So my love is healthy. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I mean, no, I, I get, yeah. I, although that story sounds a little like just what, you know what I mean, just what, yeah. There's always here's the thing about some of this history is yeah. that we can't get that like in depth shit like where it's like mm-hmm. yeah really really they've been mm-hmm. fucking for years and mm-hmm. somebody just found out and they just had to make it official like yeah. you know what I mean like you can't yeah or she just took that hundred scout like yesterday yeah and she was yeah. like all right I filled my quota you know I'm good there's what other she, stories the fucking kukumo, the kukurono? what's that fucking thing that thing from Korean the nine tail fox from Korean from I know Korean what you're talking folktor? about I don't I don't know the name of it but like sucking the sucking the men's eyes out or yeah all the tentacles all up in their orifices and shit Uh Uh drinking your memory juice the kumiho the kumiho kumiho the kumiho yeah yeah yeah. so Mm -hmm. she 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 gotta get the hundred scalp and then she can be free and then she can be free (laughs) yeah because she's fed the lust of the demon right she just got it okay there are other stories of beckworth like he steals somebody else's somebody else's wife i think her name was like buck cherry no <laughs> it's what? not buck cherry it's black i think it's like black it's red cherry red, red cherry. Che- i thought it was black that cherry sounds... i said buck cherry buck cherry is not it's probably never been a native name that's wow that's that does crappy red cherry is worse <laughs> and that does sound like that that does sound like some type of like that sounds bad. Red Cherry. They did, they did that one song. You know that song way Ooh. back at Hey, Buck Cherry? I don't know these songs because we grew All up right. different. That's <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's, like, not a, it's not a good song. Yeah. <laughs> so she mar- Pine Leaf marries Beckworth. Very next thing, he's like, okay. He gets married to this woman that he's coveted for years. And he's like, all right, I'm going to okay. leave now. I'm- yeah. I'm gonna go back home. Yeah. You know? And so he goes back to St. Louis and he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna return for a year. That's what he tells the crows. But he says to the reader that he is sick of native life and quote, he felt felt he was not doing justice to himself to relapse irretrievably into barbarism. Oh, he just, yeah, he just got tired of the scenery and they, they like were yeah, no, that's how it happens. You gotta switch it up. Sometimes you need you need to change the pace. It's like I did this. Yeah. Maybe part of me wonders if he like ever wanted to be chief. That maybe he like climbed to the ranks of chief, and then he was like, "Oh shit, now I have to stay." You know? Yeah. No, you just uh, get it. You know, sometimes you get that. You finally get to that position. You get that corner office, uh-huh. and you're like, "Damn, dog, I want to be an artist." That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes it, it pays to be on the periphery sometimes because then you can just like, "All right, I'm a dip," and nobody's I'm gonna peace. miss you or say anything. Like, yeah. all right, I checked out the scene. It's not for me. I'm going to head out. But yeah. now, you know, you leave once you're established. And, and then it's like, eh, whatever happened to this guy? And the, the whatever happened to's will kill you. Right. So the summer and fall of 1837, he's back in St. Louis. And there's this general who is recruiting men for the second Seminole War, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the first Vietnam or Vietnam in Florida, as yeah. you put it. Yeah, and he's placed uh, Beckworth. War. <laughs> <trash> yeah. war. <laughs> Beckworth enlists, and he's placed under the command of Colonel Zachary Taylor. 
uh-huh. who would go on to be president, I think three years from them. And Beckworth, he's work- working as a dispatcher and a teamster primarily. He's like carrying dispatches and supplies between all the different forts. And he's like, damn, Florida, Florida kind of sucks. Every, you know? the, funny, the, fun, the favorite, funny thing about the Second Seminole War is everybody got there. The speculators, the mm-hmm. army people, everybody trying to make profit. Uh, everybody fighting niggas from Illinois. They get there and be like, "Yo, this is a garbage place. We're, we're fighting over this." They, they would all really. Up, they would literally. It's, it was just places like outside of Orlando and Tampa, and they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is trash. This, this sucks. Sucks so much, and I want to leave so much." And they just drink themselves to death. They drink and get and, and get malaria. And I want to. I want to leave this world. I've then, seen Florida, and I have no reason to live anymore. Like Jesus. And then go out and commit um, what was a slow genocide against the Seminole against nation. Against the Seminoles and, who actually loved the land. And the escaped slaves that lived uh-huh. in Seminole. Seminole yeah, nation. that's a that's another huge part yeah. of the the Seminole Wars. There there were all these escaped slave yeah. people living with the Seminoles, and the Seminoles like you are welcome here, and so you're waging war against natives and escape slaves because like you know the white people would come looking in florida and it's yeah like, uh, with uh juan caballo or john horse as uh, as he was known which was a, a guy who fought with the escape slave or fought with the seminal nation huh okay yeah. was he like a catcher or just like a? uh no he fought with the civilization so oh, he was okay, yeah he okay, fought okay, with them right, right. i guess no we don't we don't know the we don't know the slave catchers. we don't we don't remember the catch we don't remember, we don't the, remember slave the catch don't call yeah, them the catchers either call them the slave catch okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like, I, want, I didn't know how to put it this is a, don't do don't do indignity <laughs> no. to 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 uh to to pug rodriguez and all like in the mlb catchers by, <laughs> by combining those two the okay you don't know ah, i see okay I see. never yeah, baseball ah, oh, okay I'm, yeah I'm, all right yeah. nerd uh-huh. nerd <laughs> All right, so he's carrying dispatch Beckworth during this time. He's carrying dispatches alone because he's basically saying like, "Hey, I've lived with the natives for like seven, eight years. I know my way around. I know yeah. a horse. I know their fighting tactics. If you send me with twenty guys, now all of a sudden I've got twenty guys that I got to take care of, and I'm just faster by myself. And so he's yeah. do he's doing it alone." Summer of 1838, he gets back in St. Louis because he's just a volunteer, and so he's able to he's able to pop back, and he begins employment under Andrew Sublet, who is William Sublet's little brother, and this guy Louis Vasquez as like a like a trader under their fur company. So he's trading with the Cheyenne, and one of their like back out back out west, back across the Mississippi, and one of one of the other traders rolls in a keg of whiskey, and Beckworth, while chief didn't tolerate the distribution of alcohol but now that he's a traitor he's a little more lenient right he's got no reservations anymore he says in his life and adventures that if a man wants a good price for the sale of his soul to his satanic majesty let him engage in the liquor business the way you would trade for him is you got one pint for each buffalo robe and but the thing about the buffalo robes is that they would take like months to make and so like i guess one of the saddest parts about it is that you would have all this labor go into this finished product and then that that product would be or the the labor the 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 product produced that took months would be squandered on like one night worth of drinking yeah i don't know it's uh yeah i i i always i'm always hesitant 
of the liquor store. And I, I again, I'm, I'm not as familiar with Beckworth's story, but when you talk about the West and we talk, talk about liquor, uh, yeah. there's a lot more harm being done to these people by people taking their land and taking all their means of production than rather than than just like, oh, they're just a bunch of fucking drunks. And I always, <laughs> always want to yeah, say that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For like, sure. There's yeah. a whole another yeah. thing going on. Of, yeah. Like the liquor is just one part of yeah of a, a of course, much there is an alcohol problem till this day there's yeah. an alcohol problem till this day on native reservations like that's not it's yeah yeah it's like, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's nuts so 1838 to 1845 he's trading with native settlers in colorado and new mexico and he's like got brief excursions into santa fe which i think is still under control of mexico at this time and he co-founds the city of pueblo in colorado which is like south of denver is he like he builds it up pueblo wow he co-founded right, pueblo with, with a bunch i don't of think other... there's any black people in pueblo because <laughs> he like he like started as like a trading post and yeah. then some other people flocked to it because you know and they yeah. like helped him i don't i don't know if they helped him build it up or he helped some other people build it up but he yeah. definitely co-founded pueblo okay and then he moves to LA real quick because apparently there's some like expedition that goes wrong and like the the people in New Mexico turn turn against Americans and so he heads over to Pueblo de Angeles, uh-huh. okay, LA, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles, right in 1845, which is the start of the California Revolution, mm-hmm. which is basically like Texas 2.0. You know what I mean? You no, got- no, no, don't call it Texas 2.0. This is California 1.0. Don't get slapped! Don't get don't, don't get don't. slapped out here! I'm don't get slapped! For the, for don't the, get slapped by some Californians out here because people like to play like California is all like hippie uh-huh. hippie butter and fucking like surfing and no, solar panels. It, it most most of it is just is a lot of Hispanic people and black yep. people and white mm-hmm. people smack who were been there for a while <laughs> and, and Asian and Asian people who yeah. smack the absolute dog shit out of you. So don't don't <laughs> compare California to Texas. Then right away leaving it right away listening to E40. Or, or YG or Nipsey Hussle. So, so just so let's just calm down. On, All right, on the disrespect of California. Uh, I wasn't Disres- disrespecting. So if anything, you're disrespecting Texas. All right. And, okay. Okay. First of all, come on, bro. So, all right. Let's let's not do this here. We'll do this later. <laughs> this is gonna be a thing. We're gonna ta- talk about. This. Right. This is- I was talking about the causes. There's this guy appointed by Santa Ana, General Manuel Michel Torrena, and he starts enforcing taxes and quartering troops in settlements in in mexico and they're like some americans there who don't appreciate this and so there's this revolution under this guy jose castro which really starts to foment and they they take it to him you know as they should because it's Mm -hmm. mexico and they have the right as the government to yeah to have taxes what they want in their (laughs) to enforce their laws you don't tell me what to do don't tread on me brother into in the place of texas to enforce their anti-slavery laws Mm-hmm. against you okay yeah it's all there you know what i hear for and this. so <laughs> they they kick out the mexicans and the american adventurers raise a prototype of the modern bear flag uh-huh. and beckworth says because he participated in all this that the other american adventurers are being like bro we should take over mexico man we should just bust down this border and 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 steal that bitch you know what yeah. i mean Which we I mean they all basically do Take it to them, yeah. You know, just through uh, just through economic means. And... I'm I'm also not gonna lie. Like, is was it is it all this tomfoolery? Is a lot of this the Southwest being taken uh, from Mexico 
um, by the United States? Yes. Yes. But <laughs> glad to live in America. Though. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Glad to live in this part of life because Mexico kind of wild right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Yeah. It's that's what, wild. that's basically and, what and, happens. Is like they're and attitude. that's saying for me, a dude who gets that's who with all the black issues. All right, let's not let's uh-huh. let's, let's, let's all, move, move on. Let's move on <laughs> because. So all this is going on, all on the, this like Mexican <laughs> revolution and stuff, and they, yeah. they finish it, and then they receive word like, oh, by the way, the U.S. is now at war with Mexico. And so Beckworth, he rustles 1,800 horses and drives them back toward Pueblo with like yeah. five other dudes and then enlists in the Mexican-American War from mm-hmm. 1846 to 1848. Again, he is carrying dispatches, also serving as guide, as interpreter for the war. And he's like back and forth between Fort Leavenworth and Santa Fe. He uh, he does see some fighting in the Mexican-American War in something called the Taos Massacre yeah. on January 1847. There's like a, a city in, of Taos where a bunch of Mexicans just like kill all of the white people. And then there's this counter march by this guy, General Sterling Price who Beckworth like goes on an expedition with against uh, Taos and Pueblo. And then October of 1848, this is his last set of dispatches, takes him back to Pueblo de Angeles, Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And then from 1849, he's in California. And 1849 to 1855, he's basically living the 49er life. You know yeah. what I mean? He's out there looking for gold, but he's doing it smart. Like he's selling clothes to miners around the Sonora Stockton and Sacramento area. It's trash. This is a trash area. But and at the, no, yeah. no, actually, Sacramento's <laughs> nice. Sacramento is Sacramento. I was I just I went to Sacramento for the first time last year. Nice. That is really nice. nice. And it's actually disturbing. Pleasant. Yeah. No, very pleasant. Um, okay. but sunny. Yeah. Sunny. Yeah, no, sunny, but like still like you're up you're near the mountains. Like you can like it's a short drive to like 49er like yeah mm-hmm, territory mm-hmm. but this is this is the fucking way you do it like you don't want to sell you don't want to mine the gold you want to uh-huh. sell the mm-hmm. pan to the my dude who mines mm-hmm. the gold exactly it's that exactly. it's, it's the amazon strategy mm-hmm. amazon doesn't want to, to sell anything to you we just want to be the market that which you sell the stuff on. Mm-hmm. You want to be the infrastructure. We want to be want the middleman. We want to be the middleman. Yeah, it's like no. right now of like people trying to sell you. You can make more money selling people the route to fame than you can like being famous in some. I mean, it's, like all it's these a, people who are like buy followers. You can buy followers. Like mm-hmm. buy some post time on yeah. your shit. It's like it's the same sort of thing. Everybody's going for the end goal. But you want to you want to be the facilitator. Yeah, There's a lot of fac- money to be made as a facilitator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, while he's in the area, he visit. He says in his uh, life and adventures that he visits with his good friend Chapino, aka, according to Eleanor Wilson, who wrote the other book on him, Jean Baptiste Charbonneau, none other than Sacagawea's son. Oh. Was like back in California at this time, and he like pops back up and apparently he knew Beckworth whether or not Jean-Baptiste said anything about just having seen his mother indicating that she was still alive mm-hmm. we I we don't we know only, we don't know we don't and know it's a damn shame apparently Beckworth was also like really good at Monty and he would like win a bunch of money in one night and basically like spend it all in that night just yeah. buying everybody drinks and shit because he didn't want to be encumbered by wealth or anything like that and he would just 
just fucking rolling around California having a having a good time. It sounds no, that's, like that's the game. Like when you are at the when you're when you're playing all when you're gambling, you don't want to leave with too much money. Mm-mm. Either you want to, if you're trying to like, you just you're trying to have a good time. You just spend all that money there. Yeah, you know I mean? you don't leave especially in lawless Upper yeah. California, yeah. when you haven't even established any semblance of law and order. Everybody has know? a cult peacemaker, and nobody's trying to make peace. No, that's the, for that's sure. The Everybody's whole town. just like, all right, you got the money. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't want that shit. You're gonna die if you don't spend it. You know? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. During this time period, he also discovers Beckworth's Pass in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And okay. this is like Northwest of Reno. And there's a highway going through it to this day. Highway yeah. 70 passes right through Beckworth's pass. And Beckworth is actually a city in California named after obviously James Beckworth. I used to live, I used to live off I-70. Really? That's intense. Yeah. I was in Missouri. It goes all the Damn. way to like St. Louis and just like, it's a highway you take. Yeah, St. Louis, if you're, yeah. Missouri, and it goes straight straight out there. Yeah. And that, that was like a big thing to where there was this town called Marysville that was basically going to reimburse him for paving the road through Beckworth Pass. And it like connects the, the I guess, what you would consider the eastern United States, because it's California, to yeah. the west, to the Pacific for the most part. And it's like, you know, and Marysville is going to reimburse him, but they get, they get burned down by like two wildfires. So they can't really, yeah. <laughs> they can't really do that. And it also uh, dictates his autobiography, which is the life and adventures of James P. Beckworth to this guy, T.D. Bonner, who was like a justice of the peace and kind of like cuts him out ultimately. But that's one of the things that I read for him. Late November to December of 1848, Beckworth pops back to St. Louis for a little bit. And then August of 1859, he's in Kansas City. He's employed to escort a train to Denver by Louis Vasquez. And he stays there for a while as a trader he eventually becomes indian agent there but he demands fair treatment for the natives he issues a proclamation saying i'm going to prosecute anybody that sells whiskey to the natives and i'm going to issue gunpowder and and munition to them as well in august of 1864 he gets in a little trouble the colorado governor is pressured into forming the third regiment of colorado which is like a volunteer cavalry led by this guy you may or may not have heard of him John M. Shivington, a like race, racist Methodist preacher and colonel yeah. who hates natives. And Beckworth is hired as a guide slash interpreter working with like the Colorado troopers. Yeah. And there's this guy, the Cheyenne chief named Black Kettle, who is camped at this place northeast of Fort Lyon at this place called Sand Creek. So on November 28th of 1864, you have the Sand Creek Massacre led by Shivington and supposedly Beckworth like led them there. Mm-hmm. Now, Beckworth testifies to a commission about what goes on because there's an investigation into the massacre yeah. after all this goes down. And he's basically like, I didn't know what Shivington was going to Nobody really knew what Shivington was going to yeah. do. He's like, I'm a guide. I didn't take part in the actual battle. This is also like he's also asked, like, were you really a chief with the crow? And he's under oath. And he's like, yes, I was. I, I didn't know what I didn't know what Shivington's plans were, you know, but there was that he was there. 
yeah. and he had this sort of, he was involved. So August of 1866, Beckworth is employed again as a scout and guide and interpreter for the U.S. Army stationed out of Fort Laramie in what's known as Red Clouds War. Getting into his death, September of 1866, he's working out of Fort C.F. Smith, which is like northwest of Fort Laramie. I think it's in Wyoming, like south. Or it's, I think it's Wyoming under uh, this guy, George M. Templeton. And Fort C.M. Smith or Fort C.F. Smith is supposedly in the heart of crow hunting territory. Him and Jim Bridger are kind of working on the crow and the crow are giving intel that Red Cloud's camp of around like 500 Lakota lodges is camped on the Tongue River, which is east of C.F. Smith. Right. And crow, um, Beckworth keeps going back and forth with the crow and from Templeton's diary are we able to deduce his death. Right. Yeah, he's going back and forth, and uh, at one part, or at one time, Beckworth is able to get like 250 crow warriors to offer their services against the, the fight against uh, in the fight against the Lakota under Red Cloud. But this guy Carrington he declines their offer. We don't really know it. Why is not important. October of 1866, he visits the crow camp, and Templeton records that he like dies while with them, and there's this soldier that goes with him named James Thompson confirms that Beckworth just got sick while he, while he was with them. And then he just died with them yeah. naturally. But however, it's speculated by some that maybe the crow poisoned him because they were upset over the fact that he left them for about 30 years now and wanted wanted revenge didn't he say he was gonna come back in a year and he just never yeah he, he came back he said he was gonna come back in a year and he just dipped yeah he kind of went mia for a while well i mean also maybe you know it's not crazy that he just got sick because this is 1866 and yeah. people just do get sick all mm -hmm. the fucking time it happens yeah. yeah why we really don't know but what i think is so interesting about him he, he, Looking at the good first is like his story is very American. You know, he's like born on the East Coast, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then he settles on the West Coast in California and like has a town named after him in California. Yeah. He's part of the initial forays into the West. He like paved the trail for an incalculable amount of settlers. He's like a friend and foe of various native groups and just the amount of history this guy saw yeah. is insane, especially like fringe history, you know, of like second Seminole war, California revolution, Mexican American war yeah. and red clouds war. He was there for all of it. Mm -hmm. And he documented it all. And you hear a lot about like Jim Bridger and Kit Carson, but you yeah. don't hear enough. I don't think about Beckworth. Now he was kind of a misogynist because he had like seven wives and he got married a couple times. Sometimes along you have, the way. come on. Come on, King. Well, let's Sometimes be real. Most men during the 19th yeah. century were, scumbags. were, real, were scumbags. Scumbags. Real, real scumbags. Real scumbags. Yeah. But yeah. he I just thought he was a really cool, really cool figure. That's dope. I look, didn't know a lot about him. Now we know a lot. Now I know a lot about him. Now our audience knows a lot about him. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you, Henry, for doing a deep dive on, on, on James Beck, James P. Beckworth. Mm -hmm. Born into slavery, died a free man, and mm -hmm. she uh uh crow chief, trapper. Mm -hmm. Trader, 
mm-hmm. founder of Pueblo, Colorado. Found the co-founder of Pueblo. And the last person in Pueblo, last black person mm-hmm. in. And he Pueblo. like helped people settle California yeah. on the on the way in through Beckworth Pass. He like posted up a hotel in the valley. And he was like, welcome. You want some food? I got food. I know yeah. you guys haven't eaten in a while because it's fucking rough in Nevada, man. I got Nevada you. Nevada sucks. And now you're Nevada, almost here, dog. Nevada well, sucks. That's a big deal. Thank you, Henry, for doing the deep dive on him. Uh, I'm sure I enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure everybody at home enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, please like, share, follow, subscribe, everything. All, All right. of the things that are so you can find us um, at, at Hard Fried History. Sorry. And our hard fight history on Instagram and on Facebook, HFH podcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can find us on YouTube at hard fight history. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us out, follow us all those places. Um, you can find me at Joshua B Stokes on Instagram and Twitter and Joshua Stokes on Facebook. Where can mm-hmm. they find you, Henry? You can find me at Henry E price on Instagram. It's Henry price on Facebook. And next week we're going to be taking a look at the circumstance, not specifically at the circumstances around Beckworth's death, but what he died in the broader thing that is Red Cloud's War conducted by great Lakota chieftain known as Red Cloud. We're going to be looking at him. All right. Guys, thank you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, Be safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We love you. Well, I love you. I don't know about him. I think he hates all of you. No, we love you guys. I I got a lot of hate in my heart. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.